Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world, all alone. God takes your soul, you're on your own. A crow flies straight, a perfect line. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin. Thank you for joining us tonight. Hope everyone had a great week. So far, it is hump day. We're two days away from the weekend, really. Very excited about that. Tonight, we got a, we have a special guest, hopefully. J.C. Sherbert's going to call in. He's with CBS. He's a national recruiting director. So we want to talk some recruiting with him, and I hope his schedule allows him tonight to come on at 9 p.m. Eastern. We're going to discuss some college football, of course, in just a few minutes. We're going to talk about the national championship game, and hopefully people now can see why I've never been a big Mariota fan. And, you know, you watch Oregon Ducks, it's the same song and dance. They get to the big game, and they choke. And it's gimmick football. They're not good enough physically to be able to play with the best of the best. Sure, they they win the Pac-12 that everybody thinks is so strong. It's, it's really not. I mean, it's, it's just not. I've said it for, for a couple of months on this show. The Pac-12 is not as good as what people thought it was going to be. And you hear the SEC getting blasted a lot. Blasted a lot. What about the Pac-12? You go out there on national spotlight, your Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, stop arguing, Going to be the number one overall pick in the draft. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, if you if you're an NFL owner out there, and your first pick in the draft, you take Mariota. You just might as well throw your your season and your franchise down the tubes. And I'm not bashing Oregon fans or anything. I'm just calling it like I see it. You can see the difference in quarterbacks Monday night would be the freshman or the sophomore, the third string quarterback for Ohio State looked comfortable out there in the spotlight, big arm, could run the ball when he needed to, but a leader, Mariota and that Oregon Duck team looked frustrated. And that's the bottom line. They looked frustrated. They looked out coach. They looked out man. Helfrich over there going for touchdowns instead of field goals early when points are sometimes at a premium in these big games. You take what you get and you move on to the next one. I mean, it's just, to me, that's why Helfrich is not a top-tier coach. He can't recruit. I don't think he can game plan that well. We saw him. I mean, he he played Florida State, and the turnovers killed Florida State. But here he is against Ohio State. And and here I am tonight to tell you, I'm the one that protested Ohio State even getting to to the Final Four. And I'm still to this night. Even though Ohio State won the championship, I still am not going to change my tune and say I was wrong on this because I don't feel I was. I felt Ohio State got in because of their name. They got in because TCU and Baylor couldn't come. I mean, the Big 12 couldn't name a true champion. I think the loss to Virginia Tech at home by 14 points at night with your second-string quarterbacks. I don't want to hear the fans out there running their mouth talking about, well, Braxton Miller was hurt. Well, well, so was your second-string quarterback, and you beat Wisconsin, Alabama, and Oregon. So I don't, I don't buy that excuse. But the, the bottom line is, Ohio State should never have been in the playoff to begin with, and that's the one beauty of a playoff: a team playing the best ball 
and that's what I think it was. I think Ohio State playing the best football at the right time. They got an opportunity to get in the four-team playoff, and they won it. Do I think Ohio State's a, a more talented team than Alabama? No. I mean, do I think Urban Meyer's a better head coach than Nick Saban? No, I don't. I really don't. I think Urban Meyer's a, a fantastic coach, but he's not in the Saban, uh, you know, in the dialogue just yet. I, I know he won two national championships at Florida. I know he just won at Ohio State. But if I remember correctly, Urban Meyer took hell and ran from the SEC conference to get to a place where he has a better chance to make a championship game. Anybody can win any given day. That's a given. But you look at Florida State, the writing was on the wall all season. They were a team that really didn't belong. Oregon had some holes and some flaws and deficiencies. But, I mean, how are you going to let Oregon – how are you going to keep Oregon out of the national championship picture? I mean, they won the Pac-12 with one loss. They lost at home to Arizona, which is not good. But Arizona – proved to be a, a better team than people thought, a lot better than Virginia Tech. And, and I'm not beating up Ohio State tonight. I'm not. But the bottom line is you are the the best team in, in, in December and January. You weren't the best team August, September, October, November, December, and January, but that's all that matters. You got a chance to play because you played in a week conference, you you didn't have many challenges at all. You were hot at the right time, and that's great. That's good coaching to get people up to that level. Oregon should have never been in the game against Ohio State. I'm sorry. TCU should have been in that game. Alabama should have been in that game. Oregon should have been there. And you know what? Florida State, they're undefeated. You almost have to put them there. But, I mean, they we they're obviously wasn't the best. Ohio State, I'm sorry. But would TCU have had to beat Oregon? I think it could have easily been. I mean, you never know. But I don't I don't know. I just think the nation just going too crazy right now. Over Ohio State and the Big Ten and they're just selling off the SEC conference and everybody every other conference in America. That's not the case. Big Ten fans, sit down and shut up right now. Ohio State won the national championship. You didn't. Okay? I mean Indiana, Illinois, Purdue all you guys, you didn't win a national championship. Your program sucks. You're, you're not you're you're not up there in the elite class. Ohio State, you made Ohio State look good. You didn't make the SEC. If Alabama won, it wouldn't have made, it wouldn't have been, meant the SEC was better or made it look better. It means Alabama won a national championship. So all these conference homers out there that just live and die. I mean, I do not sit here and pull for SEC teams all the time when they play. I mean, I just don't, and and that's just the way it is. But congratulations to the Ohio State Buckeyes. They were hot at the right time. Oregon, with all the turnovers they received, that's what was disappointing. Ohio State gave them opportunity after opportunity to stay in the game and to win the game, and, and they just they just couldn't do it. But credit Ohio State for a physical smash-mouth style of offense. The quarterback looks like Cam Newton back there. When you have a quarterback that's 6'6", 250, that can run the football and has a cannon, it just changes everything. And I don't I, – do I think Ohio State would have beaten Oregon with a second-string quarterback? No, I don't. I think that quarterback for Ohio State made a huge difference, made the running game almost unstoppable and, and just added a, a more physical element to it. The defense of Ohio's proved, I mean, but you have to look at it. I mean, 
Ohio State took it away from Mariota and Oregon. And I'll be honest, I have an Oregon Ducks fan that's calling in right now, Jason Humphreys. And and I've said it before. I, this is, I think, the, the year if Oregon was going to win it, it was right now. How do you replace Mariota? How do you recruit at a top-tier level to be able to return to the Final Four year in and year out in the Pac-12? So, Jason, I'm trying to get you on right now. Uh, just let me know when you're on. I know you're heartbroken, man. I'm, I'm, hello? Am I on? Yeah, you're on, Jason. Uh, yeah, um, first off, I want to say congratulations to all the Ohio State fans. Ohio State played a better game. They educated. He touched on this earlier. Oregon got four takeaways. Only got 10 points out of that. That's not going to do good. And Oregon was also two out of two out of twelve on the third dance. You're not gonna win the national title game by doing forty on the third downs and whatnot. Um but like I said, um hats off to Ohio State. Um they played a great game. Um that running back Elliot had a great day, especially in the second half. Really um Ohio State controlled the ball the second half. So. Jason, where is Oregon going to go now? How do they move on, and how do they get back to that game? Well, you you just do what you've been doing. You, you've been recruiting as as you could, and we're not going to get the best place, but they've been getting the right place. Um, I think um, the question is, we got to get bigger on the offense offensive line and the defensive line. So. Um, why not? So, um, the next quarterback that comes in is you play some the best quarterback in school history. So, um, so that's well, Jason. Jason, I'll, I'll tell you this: I pick I picked your Oregon Ducks to win the game, but you know I'm still looking at this team. They need to get more physical, and and they need to do it fast if they're going to compete. So what what can you do? I mean, we've been saying this for a long time about Oregon. They get to the game, they can't make it all the way. They When they play a physical team, sometimes they can't win. They beat Stanford this year. They beat Michigan State. Why could they not stop Ohio State? Uh, I, I, I don't know because the first couple of series we were doing good. And one, I, I think that I would say third down. You didn't get off the field on third down. Ohio State was 8 out of 15 on the third down, and they pretty much converted every third down in the second half. Well, Jason, Jason, I was watching that game. Oregon was up 7 to nothing. They had the ball. They were carving mm-hmm. up Ohio State. A third down and five, the, the freshman dropped it right in his hands. Had Oregon gotten the first down right there, do you think if they'd have gone on the score, made it fourteen to nothing, would we be having this discussion right now? You think? Well, I I would say that dropped too, and they um, Marcus said that has to Stanford, and the um, there was another third down play that Stanford had dropped, and I I would I saw you post on Facebook that we went forward on the fourth down. But we sort of kick a field goal. I, I think that's a small yep. thing, and it won't not. Because um, you're talking about what? 20 points? Not 20, I would say 14 or 17 points left on the field. 
Well, well, Jason, man, I'm sorry for your loss. You have nothing to to be ashamed about. You made the first championship playoff. You made the championship game, and we made it last year. The Auburn Tigers. We fell short. Yep. I know it sucked, but but just think about it. Every there's a million teams in college football. Your team played in the championship game and and represented well. Just some nights, I, I think Ohio State caught fire yep. at the right time. They they're just oh, yeah, right now. Sure. Well, sure. And I would say this, that the loss on Monday night is a whole lot better than losing on a last-second field goal. So, <laughs> yeah, I would well, say. Well, all right, Jason, buddy. You take care. Big Oregon Duck fan, Jason Humphrey, our caller of the year in 2013. We will announce that for 2014 next Sunday, or this coming up Sunday night. We'll announce the caller of the year. Cuervo, welcome to the show, buddy. How's it going? What's going on, Tarvin? Happy uh, Wednesday evening to you. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Ready for Friday. Ready to watch American Sniper coming out to a theater near you tomorrow night. Are you going to be first in line to go watch that, Quip? <laughs> no, not 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 first in line. I got some things going on. Obviously, I got to work in the morning, but uh, but I am definitely going to watch it. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I mean, let's you you know, I, I should have listened to you Monday night. The, you know, you were pulling for Oregon to win, but you were not convinced. And, and I, I tried to talk myself out of it. I picked the Oregon Ducks to win. But you just had that feeling, didn't you, Cuervo, that Ohio State with Urban Meyer and that quarterback and the physical running game and the way they play, it was just going to be too much for Oregon, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, you know, we could talk about numbers all we want and, and whatnot. Urban Meyer is nine and two in either championship or, or conference title games, bowl games. You know, when, when it matters the most, he gets his team ready and, and then that's what that's what I was afraid of, you know, even though it looked like Oregon had the better team, they had more talent, they had more speed and things like that. You know, something just told me that this guy isn't one of the best coaches in college football for nothing. It it wasn't by you know by luck of the draw or anything like that. Like Urban Meyer knows what he's doing. Whatever, no matter what you think of him, whether you think he's a snake in the grass or whatever the case may be, like the guy knows how to coach and he knows what he's doing. So I'm hearing a lot of talk about Nick Saban uh, taking a step back. Urban Meyer being 50 and uh, Saban being in the 60s. That Urban Meyer has solidified the number one ranking in college coaches right now. And, and you know, you could I, – I can't look at you and say you're crazy for saying that. The guy has three national championships, two in the SEC, one in the Big Ten, took his Utah team undefeated. And, I mean, this guy wins, and he wins wherever he goes. And he wins fast. Where, well, he doesn't take him a year or five years to rebuild something. He, he puts it on the field immediately. He works with what he has, and he just wins. He's never at once in the Big Ten, lost a regular season game in three years. I mean, is that insane or what? Yeah, it, it really is insane, Tarvin. I know people bash on the Big Ten and whatnot. However, to to go undefeated in the conference three years straight, what is that, about 25 games? Like, that's that's something – that's an accomplishment. You know, I mean, if we're talking about, like, the old Big East, then maybe that's not as impressive, but – Big Ten football is not they're, – they're not slackers, Tarvin. I know – like I said, I know we 
sometimes we bash on them or whatever, but at the end of the day, the Big Ten is, is, is they've got some quality players in that conference. And, you know, the thing about Urban Meyer, what makes him so great, Tarvin, is, and I'm just going to put it in as the best perspective that I can. If anybody else was coaching that Ohio State team, I guarantee you they would have not beaten Wisconsin 59 nothing. They would have not beaten Alabama the way they did in the Sugar Bowl. And if they would have made the national championship, I seriously doubt they would have held the Oregon Duck offense to 20 points. What I'm getting at is Urban Meyer is one of the best, Tarvin, at getting the most out of his guys. That's why all this talk about, oh, they're so deep. If anybody else was coaching that team, Tarvin, Cardell Jones, he would he would look like, uh, you know, just a some average scrub that you know came off the bench and 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 probably would not perform anywhere near what he did with Meyer under uh, you know with Meyer as his head coach. So, you know, exactly. he gets the most out of his guys, man, and and that's you know, I mean, that's what your job is as a coach is to get the most out of your players. Yeah, Colin Coward asked Urban Meyer on an interview yesterday when he, you know, some coaches lie. When did you think you had a national championship team? Well, I knew it in, in spring, in spring, you know. But Urban Meyer said he he knew after the Wisconsin game that they they could win it all, and he didn't lie or say anything. This is a young team, and next year is supposed to be the year. But I mean, a young team, and you throw a third string quarterback. Not, not only that, but even when Braxton Miller went out, I wrote this team off. Uh, you know, I wrote them off. Even though the Big Ten's not as strong, I did not think they would win the Big Ten. I thought they would lose three games, and and here they mm-hmm. are, ho- holding up the trophy for the national championship. But but Nick Saban's going to go back, and and all Nick Saban's done since then he lost is losing his coaching staff. Uh, Quervo, I don't know if you've heard the big news today, but the number one recruiter at Alabama, the linebacker coach Lance Thompson went to Auburn to be the linebackers coach. That gives Auburn probably the best coaching staff in the country. What's going on at Alabama for all these coaches to leave? Yesterday, Steele went to LSU. Uh, the strength coach went to Georgia, and now Thompson going to Auburn. Well, it makes, and it makes you wonder, what, what's Kirby Smart going to do now? Is, is he going to bail on Saban too? And, and you know, the, the, I think the better question is, you know, not who's leaving, but why are they leaving? Why are they leaving? Yeah. Why? Just because you didn't make the championship game one year, uh, we're, we're just gonna we're just gonna give up and 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 say, oh well, I guess this is done with. Like, you know, I I, I think sometimes the not just the fans, but maybe the uh, program itself expects a little too much, and you can't set the bar so high that even if you make a sugar bowl and yeah, you didn't win that it's, it's a failure. I I mean, it's college football. I mean, there, there's so many teams, like you mentioned, there's a million teams that can get in. How many teams have had the success that Alabama's had the past None. five years? None of them. Nobody. None of them. Nobody. So, so to sit here and say that they're a failure as a program, like I, I don't, I don't know if it's, you know, it's just to the point where they're just obsessed with winning, and when they don't win, it's like, you know, the sky is falling. But, you know, Alabama's got – got to take a deep breath and say, you know what, 
we're going to get another big-time recruiting class next year. We're going to bring some more four-star recruits in that are probably going to wind up being first-round NFL draft picks, just like Amari Cooper this year. And we're going to do it all over again. So, Cuervo, I was asked. I, I was asked by a Bama fan one time last year. It was probably a few months after the championship game. Why had the Auburn fans called a successful year? They finished twelve and two and lost in the last seconds to Florida State. When Alabama goes twelve and two, it's a disappointment. And what I tell these fans is, you have your expectations way too high for a game that changes mm-hmm. year in and year out. I mean, last year to go from three and nine as an Auburn fan to 12 and two, I'm sorry. We lost the championship and it sucked, but you know what? It was a great season. Had we gone 12 and two this year, even with the expectations of winning a championship, I mean, it's still a great season. Oh, some of these Alabama fans are crazy. I mean, it's just like if they're not 16 and a 15 and oh winning a championship, then it's been a total failure. And, and that's where you and I agree that, that 12-2 and two is a great season. Alabama had a great season this year. Sure, and, and I think I have the perfect word for, for Alabama fans, and, and this is not taking a shot at them. And, and I wish Tanya was on because I, I would say it to her too. Bama fans have the word greed. That's what it is with Bama fans. They've gotten greedy, and I think she'd be the first to admit it too that some Bama fans are greedy. They they want to they wanna go undefeated every year. They want to win the SEC every year. They want to go to the national championship every year. Well, guess what? It doesn't happen because sometimes that catches up to you. I mean, the only way you're gonna you're gonna be that successful, Tarvin, is if you have. Oh, oh let's see. Nick Saban is your head coach. Urban Meyer is your defensive coordinator. You got, uh, you know, uh, whoever. Uh, you know, the, the Chip Kelly is your offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, and I mean, you'd have to have like the most dynamite coaching staff in college football uh, to to be able to achieve that. Well, that's not the case. Kelly's not in college anymore. You know, Urban Meyer's at Ohio State. So, you know, you're not going to be able to achieve, you know, undefeated or one loss with a shot at the national title every year. Sometimes, you know, things happen. And, and, and the thing that hurt Alabama was their quarterback play this year. And we said that. we I think we all acknowledged that back in August. We said, that, you know, that eventually the quarterback play would catch up to them. And, you know, if anything, I think I think Alabama over this year, Tarvin. I think we all picked Alabama yeah. to lose three, four games, and they wind up losing one game. So, if anything, Alabama fans should be, you know, overjoyed by how well their team played this year with with a guy in Blake Sims that you didn't even know he was going to be the starter until the you know the second game of the season. Yeah, and I, I'm looking at Alabama, and 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 you said it best. You know, if everything's consistent, everything's constant. Alabama had the their best offensive coordinator that they had, and he stayed. The defense stayed. Everything stayed the same. The recruiting stayed number one every year. Then you could have probably those expectations. But the best team doesn't always win. And I think with Alabama, what they're finding out, they have a lot of guys going to the NFL, and you have to reteach these, these five-star kids come in from high school thinking, you know how recruiting is. They follow them for two years straight and kiss their butt the whole time. We'll talk to JC about that. But they come in with an ego, and it doesn't matter how talented you are. It matters how tough, how, how you can learn, how you can get better. 
And I think that's where Alabama is struggling a little bit, that the talent is not performing Cuervo like it did in the years past. And that just happens. Sometimes you miss on recruits because rival says it's a five-star. You think he's good. doesn't mean he's going to pan out. And now all these other teams have, have upperclassmen that are pretty talented. So you can't win every year. You have to be lucky. You have to stay healthy. And your schedule has to, to work out for you to win. And, and Alabama was lucky this year at times. Their schedule was favorable. But you know what? They just couldn't win. And, and it, you can't win them all. Yeah, that's true, Tar. And, you know, another thing, too, it could be where – you know, uh, and and it, it'll happen in cycles every couple of years or so. You, you're going to have kids that, you know, yeah, they probably understand. Uh, if I go play for Nick Saban, I'm probably going to wind up winning the national championship. However, it won't be because of anything I do. And, and, and I say that in the sense of some of these kids don't necessarily care about winning a championship. They want to play. And if they if they can go play at LSU, if they can go play at Ohio State, and they have the opportunity to start a lot faster than they would if they were to go play for Nick Saban at Alabama, maybe somebody, maybe you know what's important to them isn't necessarily oh let's go win a championship oh but I'm the fourth string running back no 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 I want to start and I want to make an impact and, and maybe that's what has hit Alabama as well is. You know, you just you just ran into a few kids where their their uh, you know their importance was a little bit different from what other guys are, and you had to settle for you know, guys that maybe you necessarily didn't want. So you had to go to Plan B. You had to go to Plan C for your quarterback or or your receivers or whatever the case may be. Because I'm sure Amari Cooper could have went to any school he wanted to, but he wanted to win a national championship, and they achieved that. But you know, you might have a couple of guys at other schools that, that maybe they wanted to play for Bama, but at the same time they are probably told, well, you ain't going to start for a couple of years. Well, I'm out. I'm going I'm to go play somewhere else. Yeah, and I, and I just want to know what's going on at Bama where your linebacker coach takes a lateral move. And I see, you know, Steele went to LSU from a, a, a position coach to a defensive coordinator. I understand that in conference, but when you leave Alabama as a top recruiter in the nation, one of them and one of the best coaches, and you leave to go to Auburn as a lateral move, either either the coach loves Auburn and thinks they're building something special, wants to be a part of it, or something's going on in Alabama. Which one is it, Cuervo? I mean, I heard a Bama fan tell me today that the the reason he came is because Saban told him to start looking for a job. He's going to be without a job. So are you going to tell the best recruiter in the country that he's not going to have a job a month before signing day so he can pack up and go to a rival school that's in need of a linebacker's coach? Do you think that's true? No, I mean, something that does that sounds too fishy. Um, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I really – I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't I – don't, that's a good point, Tarvin. I mean, why would you leave Bama to go to Auburn? I mean, who who knows? Maybe maybe it's just the fact that maybe these other coaches and recruiters will uh, be a little more respected since Nick Saban gets all the attention in Tuscaloosa and uh, these other guys aren't getting enough credit or, or they're not good getting point. paid enough. I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know because when you think of Alabama football, you don't think about – Anybody but Nick Saban. That's the only guy 
that you think of? Well, I'll tell you this. Besides one or two, this show has has become empty of Alabama fans. I, I, I mean, I'm sure they listen later, but you don't see them at the chat room. You don't hear them calling in, boasting about mm-hmm. how great the tide is. Where are they going? I mean, if they... Are they in a major depression where they 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 can't talk sports anymore because their team lost? <laughs> I guess, but again, I mean, if if that's what if that's what it comes down to, then you know you, you need to come to reality a little bit more. I mean, we don't need any more Phyllises around there, you know, Brandon <laughs> Ravens on on Paul Feinbaum. That that woman cracks me up. Sorry, every time I hear the little the little sound bites, it, it, it just cracks <laughs> up. She's funny, but cow cow. I mean, hey cow turd. Yeah, you hear me, cow turd. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, if I could just you know send a message to all those Bama fans out there that might listen in the archives or whatever, you guys need to relax, just like Aaron Rodgers. Just like Aaron Rodgers said, R-E-L-A-X, relax. Alabama's not going anywhere, okay? You guys are going to be right back in it next year, okay? Yeah, it's going to be a little more competitive because Auburn's got the recruiting now. They've got uh, Mus Chump as their defensive coordinator or whatever, and he might be able to improve that defense. But, you know, you you still have Nick Saban, one of the best coaches today and – one of the best coaches in the history of college football. So if you think if you think your team is just going, you know, straight to hell once they lose two games, like no, you're sadly mistaken. <laughs> so I mean I I wish Tennessee had the success that Alabama did. I'm kinda I'm a little bit jealous, but you know, uh-huh. Tennessee will get there one day. Well, and, well um, you know Auburn I'm enjoy five. It. I'm Auburn's eight and five this year. They underachieved, but you know, at the end of the day, you have to look at the future. You have to understand schedule strength and everything and how tough it is to, to play week in and week out of this conference. But, you know, next year coming in, we should be right back in a chance to, to win it all. If we don't, you know what, I show up. If we if we win, I show up. If we lose, I show up. And, and I'll blast my team just like I will yours. I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm always right. look, looking for someone to bust. In Alabama, your fan base, has has disappeared. I mean, you go to Facebook now, and you don't see any Alabama fans anywhere. They're gone. No, and, They're, and another thing too, Tarvin. How 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 quickly they forget the days of of when they when the program was on probation and they lost scholarships and they were going you know four and eight every year, five and seven. Uh, you know, during the uh, the uh, was it who was the head coach? Mike Shula, right? The one that got busted in the strip yeah. club or something like that. No, you know, no, that was Mike how Price. Fast, oh, Mike Price, I'm sorry. Well, how fast they forget those days. Like, you want to go back and, to and those how long, days? How long, Cuervo? A, a day where Rich Rodriguez turned you down. <laughs> right. There you go. So, I mean, th- th- you know, they they have forgotten those days real quick. And, and uh, you know, I don't think you want to go back to those days. So, if I'm a Bama fan, enjoy it while you can because – these recruits aren't going to be coming in like they are. It's not going to happen forever. Nick Saban's not going to coach that team forever. And when he's gone, all you're going to be thinking is, damn, I sure miss those Nick Saban days. Damn, I miss those days when we were beating Auburn in the Iron Bowl and, and, and they were beating us and it was going back and forth. And, 
Now Auburn's just kicking our ass every year. That could happen. I mean, that you never know. It's it, all you are is one bad move away from from being average again. And do not take it for granted. I mean, 2010 Auburn made the championship, or 2004 Auburn went undefeated and got left out. That was a good team, and I had to go six years in mediocrity before I got a chance to watch my team play for a championship. And then guess what? Two more, two years later. I got to see it again, or three years later, actually. But still, it doesn't come every year. Look at Tennessee. Yeah. They haven't done anything since 1999. I was in high school, Tarvin. I was in high school the last time they won. So I, I, I feel your pain. Trust me, and I'm sure your father-in-law knows exactly how I feel. Yeah, he's ready for the days to turn around. And hopefully JC will be able to join us. I know he had something come up. He's going to try to make it. If he if he doesn't, we'll get him on Sunday night. So we'll wait on JC. But Cuervo, let's move on real quick. We'll come back to college to the NFL. What in the world is San Francisco Forty ers doing? Bring I can't even pronounce his name. Tom Sula is that who who they hired the defensive line coach as their head coach? Yeah, Jim Tom Sula or something like that. He's the uh, he was the defensive line coach, um, and they promoted him. <laughs> They didn't even they didn't even promote him to defensive coordinator. They uh, they shot him all the way up to head coach. And you know I was afraid of this, and and Sonny Sonny would back me up if he was here right now. We talked about it. The fact that they let Jim Harbaugh go, and and, and you can go in the archives and listen to it, Tarvin. These were our exact words. If they're going to let Jim Harbaugh, this was before it actually happened. If they're going to let Jim Harbaugh go, they better have a plan to bring someone in. And the, my exact words. Where promoting somebody within the coaching staff is not a plan. So guess what? San Francisco did not have a plan. They just wanted Harbaugh out. That's all. That was their priority. And you know what? It's it's going to reflect the the way the way this Niners team is is going to play next year. They're going to be lucky to be a 500 ball club. Sorry, I'm telling you right now, the 49ers are going to be terrible. How do you let Harbaugh go? How do you want him to be gone? And like you said, you don't have a backup plan. Your your backup plan is hiring a defensive line coach who's been there ten years. I mean, not a mm-hmm. like you said, not a coordinator, not a coordinator at Seattle that that's come up in the next best thing, but a defensive line coach that's a a locker room favorite. Well, sometimes that does that thing having a, a boss that's your best friend, really. I mean. San Francisco is going to suck. Yeah, and, and think about this too, Tarvin. Okay, you and you just said it. He's been a defensive line coach for how long? Why is ten years? Ten years. Why is he? Why, how come? How come he never got promoted to defensive coordinator? How come he hasn't gotten any head coaching interviews in the past? Probably because he's not that good as a coach. Now I know the defensive line and. San Francisco is good. However, that's because they drafted talent like Alden Smith and they brought in Justin Smith. And, you know, those guys were our our instant, uh, you know, sensations. So, you know, I I, I just don't – I don't get it. If I'm a Niners fan, I am thoroughly pissed. I'm thoroughly pissed if I'm a Niners fan. Yeah, we, we know Rex Ryan took the job. Get Buffalo, which you know, whatever. But but what what are the Atlanta Falcons going to do? 
Cuervo, I'm getting a little background noise. I think your phone's clicking or something. Are you driving? No, I'm I'm at home, buddy. Um, me. Do you, do you hear anything off my phone? Uh, no, not anymore. I I did hear some earlier, but I don't hear anything okay. anymore. All right. Well, I look at the coaching jobs around, and, and just none of them. Del Rio. I mean, what's he gonna do? Except come in and suck again. I mean. You see all these coaching changes, but not one of them. I never once said, well, there's a good hire. I mean, are the coaches drying up? I mean, are there no more out there? Why are these guys keep – why do they keep recycling these has-been coaches and putting them in different positions? They're not going to pay off. They're not going to win. So I don't get it. I heard Bears fans are, are ecstatic that they could get Fox from Denver. I mean, do you really as a Bears fan want Fox? What's he going to do? <laughs> I don't know. You let me know which Bears fan is excited because this Bears fan right here, John Fox is the last guy I want as a head coach. And and, and I say that because it's just like you said. He's he's another guy that, that is, is a, a recycled guy. We're getting Denver's leftovers, okay? So, I mean, it's like it's like dating, you know, the, the, the beautiful redhead at 30 – but then I, I break up with her at 40, and then now you're like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I, I got this, you know, great-looking woman, but, you know, she's a little bit older now. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't it wasn't as exciting before as it, or now <laughs> as it was back then. So, you know, I, I, to me, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not thrilled at all at the rumors of John Fox coming to Chicago. I the guy I wanted is gone now. And that's Todd Bowles. He's the head coach in New York with the Jets. That's the guy I wanted to see in Chicago because that guy would instantly improve the defense. And who that's was what it? the Bears need. Who? Who? Todd Bowles, the the Arizona Cardinals defensive coordinator, he's now the yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Jets head coach. And Jack Del Rio took the Raider job. So why? I mean, I have a question. What was wrong with the Raiders coach? Seemed like they were getting what? a lot better. Well, they were getting better when Tom Cable was the head coach, and, and Sonny and I still can't get over that one. You know, I mean, he had them going in the right direction. You know, Del Del Rio has. I know it was Jacksonville, okay, but he had he had the Jacksonville Jaguars as a they were a playoff team with Jack Del Rio as their head coach. If the Raiders screw this up and they fire this guy two years into it, the, I mean, all all hope is lost for the Raiders, honestly. I mean, they, they cannot mess this up. They they have to let this guy, uh, you know, build something there. And it's not going to happen in two years. You've got to give him three, four, five years. And even at, at five years, if it's not working, Brian, then then – you know, it might be time to yeah. move on. He doesn't have it anymore. But Del Rio, Del Rio, man, he, Tarvin, he took the Jaguars to the playoffs. You know how hard that is to do? I mean, that's hard to do. That is really hard to do. But, you know, he's got he's got, he's got got a lot of work. Uh, you know, well, I need to read from our chat room, Cuervo. Paul Ewing said Tom Cable got fired because it was like a bar fight after every practice. Maybe that's true. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. That, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like it's like the joke. What do you say to a woman with two black eyes? You know, you don't say anything. You already told her twice. So, 
and that that's that applies to Tom Cage. You know, but I mean that I mean that's what it was. He was known for domestic abuse, domestic violence. So, but he had the yeah. Raiders going, and they were winning. Well, they were winning. Well, I think these NFL franchises think that all of a sudden you suck. You won one or two games. You get the number one pick. You bring in a new coach. You're supposed to be in the playoffs the next season. If you're not, we're firing you. I just think these owners they don't understand consistency sometimes. I know Atlanta's struggling. I know they their defense is struggling, but firing Smith and, and granted, I don't think he's a great coach, but he was consistent, and they knew what was expected of them, and they were going to get better. But firing him and not having a plan B, and, and Cuervo, I'm gonna mute you just for a second, see if I can figure out what's going on with the phones, and see if that was it. But a plan B right here, not having one, and it actually. Cleared it up, Cuervo. So if you could check your line for me just real quick or, or call back in real quick and I'll put you back on. Uh, I just don't understand why the, the the Falcons would fire Smith and not have a backup plan and already have a coach hired. And I know Paul in the chat room, Dan Quinn, he is the favorite for the Falcons job. But Dan Quinn, okay, you, you're at Seattle, you're a defensive coordinator, but, but let's not fool ourselves. That's Pete Carroll's defense, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, that's like Kirby Smart. People talk about him being a great defensive coordinator, and that's Nick Saban's defense. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't, but you're never, you don't know. Paul thinks Quinn's a legit hire. Maybe he is, but I don't think we know how good he is, Cuervo. Could I say that about Quinn? Is this Pete Carroll's defense, or is this Quinn's defense, really? Does it sound any better at all, Tarvid? Does that sound better? Yeah, yeah, it sounds a lot better. Thank you, sir. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, you know what? Um, I, I actually think the defense is more on the, uh, you know, Pete Carroll. I think it's more Pete Carroll than it is Quinn. You know, I think I think Quinn is just in the right place at the right time, so to speak. And I know a lot of people like Quinn as a, as a head coach. Um, I'm not buying it, though. I, I, I think Bowles is definitely the better hire. And the Jets, you know, congrats to them. You know, I think they got the best candidate, um, you know, out of the coaches that, that were coordinators that were being considered. You know, so, uh, and I could be wrong. I, I, I might not, I might wind up being wrong, but, you know, just like, just like Del Rio in Oakland, uh, Bowles got he's got some things to fix in, in, in New York too. So, um, but I, I'm not buying I'm not buying Quinn as much, to be honest. I think it's more of a Pete Carroll thing. Yeah, I think that division is going to be Cam Newton's division from here on out. I think after this season, that he's won it two years in a row. They're going to get a lot better if he stays and brings in some people. But I'm going to say that the NFC South is going to be Cam Newton's division. And that that Quinn's going to come in, and if he wins eight or nine games his first year, yeah, it's an improvement. But you have talent on that Atlanta Falcons team. It's not like you're starting from scratch with Jacksonville or Tampa or someone like that. Atlanta has the talent: Julio Jones, Roddy White, Matt Ryan at quarterback. I mean, they have a running game. They have their defense needs some work. So this was a team that won what twelve games just a couple of years ago, not too long or three years ago. They won that many games, and here we are. I mean, the same team, really. They've lost a couple of teams, but you build the offensive line back up, and, and there you go. But I just 
this has been a very boring off season. It's not an off season yet, but the the movement of coaches. It's just recycled. And I'm not a, a big believer in Del Rio Cuervo. I know you you're big on him and everything, but wasn't he at Denver after he went to Jacksonville? They got ran out of Denver. Where he's been at Houston. Where all has he been since he he coached at Jacksonville? Uh, well, since Jacksonville, he went. Yeah, I, I know he went to Denver. Obviously, oh, before that, you know, I'm gonna have to. I'll be honest. I'm gonna have to look it up. But I know that he. Uh, He's a has been. Yeah, I mean, he. I mean, who knows? I mean, he hasn't been a head coach in you know a few years. So there's no telling if he's gonna be. Uh, if he still has it as a head coach, so I got it right here. But um, as a player, let's see. No, as a coach. All right, here we go. So he was, yeah. I mean, after Jacksonville, he went straight to Denver, and then now he's the head coach in Oakland. So I just played a clip of a toilet flushing, and Paul's like, "What is that, man? What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> I kind of figured. Oh. Was, I was like, "There's no way Tarvin's gonna let that happen." No, I played a clip. I just wanted to see what he might. You didn't even, you didn't even buzz. You know, you just buzz. You just sit here. And... <laughs> I was like, no, no I mean, it's talking. Just keep talking. You gonna do something or just stand there and bleed? Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. One of my one of my favorite movies of all time, right there, Tombstone. Give a little shout out to that. But man, you know. I look at the playoffs coming up this weekend. We have two great games, but yet Cuervo, the point spread on both games is a touchdown. Which, you know, you get to the final two in each in each conference, AFC and the NFC. Seven point spread. That's a large spread for games this tight. Really, it should be. But, but I think Vegas is right on on both of them. As long as New England and Seattle are the favorites, then yeah, they are right on. Um, that does surprise me though a little bit though. Yeah, I, I well, Indy, Indy is. Well, New England's been a seven-point favorite all week. It's down to six and a half. It seems like the public is starting to bet on Indianapolis. I don't know if I would buy that or not because there's a difference right now between Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. I mean, just right now there is. I'm not saying one's better than the other, but but right now Tom mm-hmm. Brady's playing some great football. New England looks good. Seattle at home. And luckily for Green Bay, it's not a night game. It's a it's a three o'clock game in Seattle. They're seven and a half point underdog, and I, I think the reason that line's so high is because that defense of Seattle is going to get after Aaron Rodgers. They, there's blood in the water. That they they see him hurt, limping around. They're going to try to kill him on Sunday. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers makes it through a game Sunday. I'll be honest with you. Um, yeah, I mean, it. You know, we we said the same thing. And, uh, you know, in that game against Dallas, too. And, and that's what I was afraid of. I was, I was thinking that, you know, is he going to be able to make it through the whole game? And, I mean, he did. He made it through. I mean, he was, he was limping. He was like a wounded duck, but he made it. So, um, you know, I mean, now he goes to Seattle on the road with the 12th man. Oh, my goodness. That's going to be – oof, that's going to be something. You know, if you're a Packer fan, you're holding your breath for three and a half hours. So, um you know, and and the the the, the word the word out, out in the street is that the cast is even worse. 
from what it was going into the game last week. So, so where, what, what, how, how's Green Bay going to do? If Green Bay loses this game, and I think they will, I think they're going to lose, what do they do? I mean, do you think a coaching change is necessary there because they just can't get over the hump? I mean, making this game, that, that's exactly where they should be. I mean, it's not like they've overachieved or the coach has done something great. What does Green Bay need to do to get to a, a Super Bowl? I mean, I just don't see them getting there. You know, that's a good question, Tarvin. I, and I don't know what they do. I, I, I think making a coaching change would probably be the wrong choice to make because, you know, when you, you talk about what what does it take to win in the NFL, and you've got to have that, that foundation. And I know Aaron Rodgers is the foundation. Mike McCarthy is the too, okay? And Mike McCarthy has won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. And – with Jordy Nelson and, and some of these guys that that are on the team now, I mean, it's only been it's only been a few years since they um, won the Super Bowl. So I think to blow this thing up now would be a little premature, to be honest. I think they just need to get back to um, you know what got them successful, draft well, um, and you know just uh, improve the offensive line. I think is what they need to do as well, and because you know Rodgers has been running around a lot from what I've seen. It's, it's almost like how it used to be, where they went from having the worst to one of the best offensive lines, and now it's now it's getting bad again. So I just think they need to be more solid up front. Yeah, I mean, I mean the key to Green Bay, I think, winning a Super Bowl or making it back is getting that home field advantage. They were close this year, but you know, a couple slip-ups in the regular season really cost them a chance because I think if Seattle was coming to Lambeau this weekend, I think Green Bay would be the favorite, honestly. I mean, how could you favor Seattle in Lambeau Field? I mean, you you could not do it. And people don't realize how big home field advantage is in the playoffs. What do you think the point spread would be if the roles were reversed this week, Cuervo, and Green Bay was at home? I would say Seattle by four. I, I really don't see much of a difference, to be honest with you. You would say Seattle by four? Yep, minus four. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I honestly, I don't see it changing much. I just think people see what the Seahawks are on defense right now and have fun stopping it. You know, have fun have fun trying to move the ball on that defense right now. You know, you know I, I, I watched think that, Cam Newton. I went back and watched that Cuervo, and he actually played very well for, you know, uh, considering who they were playing against and where that game was. Mm-hmm. You know, what so, were, what, I mean. What were his numbers? Oh, okay, here we go. 246 yards and two touchdowns. So, I mean, it's not like it's not like they, you know, Seattle necessarily shut him down. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. He completed a nice amount of his passes. Um yeah, I, I I get where you're going. You know. Yeah, I mean it and wasn't as bad as I thought. No, I, I, definitely not. It's just, uh, you know, what really hurt Carolina is, you know, when they needed a play, they they just couldn't get it. They couldn't get a play, and obviously the three turnovers didn't help either. So, um, you know, I mean, Carolina didn't play a terrible game. Uh, they just. When you play that, when you play the Seahawks, 
especially at home, you have to execute and you have to play a nearly perfect game. And, and, and I think you're right. If this game was in Green Bay, Tarvin, I think it's a lot more competitive. And, you know, I would say I would say Seattle would still they, – they would still have to – because they're the defending champs. And I just don't see how you would favor another team over the defending champs. Maybe four is a little too much. Uh, maybe two and a half. But I don't. I don't see Green Bay being the favorite. Yeah, and and the, what does just say New England? I think you're. We're all in agreement that that New England's going to take care of business and they're going to they're going to beat Indianapolis. <clears throat> but if they if they do, what does Indianapolis have this year, or what does New England have different than Denver that would allow them to compete with Seattle? Because where's the Super Bowl at in Dallas this year? It's in uh, it's in Arizona. Okay, it's in a dome. It's in a warm weather, so cold weather is not going to help Tom Brady in this one. But what, what and the cold weather was in New York last year, I believe, when Peyton Manning was there. What's the difference this year? How can New England beat Seattle? Um, I think the way New England can beat Seattle is uh, by, you know, just anticipating, uh, you know, what – what the defense is going to bring, and 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 that's and that's hard to do because Seattle likes to they're they're like a counter fight, you know, a counter punch fighter. Um, they they don't necessarily have that type of defense of you know you know stop us from what we're doing defensively, but they're going to counter what you're doing and they're going to hit you with it with with something on the defensive side, so. I think doing little things like the little, the little, uh, how, how did you describe it on your show last, the, last Sunday? The, the the Bush League of the ineligible receiver. You have to find ways to confuse that defense, and, and it may not be easy, but you have to at least try it. You know, and and <clears throat> there's nobody, uh, and I, that's why I'm I'm dying to see. I'm 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 hoping that it does wind up being Seattle, New England, because, yeah, obviously it's going to be Tom Brady against the Legion of Boom, and then that's great and all. But the thing I'm looking forward to the most, if it winds up being those two, is Pete Carroll versus Bill Belichick from a coaching standpoint. it's I mean, you want to talk about a game of chess? There, there, ain't, there ain't no bigger game of chess than that right there. So, you know, who's going to be the first one to blink? Who's going to be the first one to make the wrong move? Who's going to be the first one to – Flinch, and and that's what I'm looking for. I can't, I can't stand Pete Carroll. I can't stand him. I mean, look what he's doing though. Look, I mean, we we can we can hate on him, but no, he cheated in Southern Cal and left the left ran off and left the program without facing, you know, his day in court. Really, he let he got the hell out of Dodge and let this team just crumble. And, and get all these sanctions. That's why I don't like the piece of crap used car sales. But I, I hope Aaron Rodgers throws all over, you know, Pete Carroll. I hope New England beats them. I'll never pull for Seattle. Yeah, and you know what? And and if it's if it's if it's Green Bay and, and New England, um, you know, that'd be a great ma- uh, rematch of that game that we saw in the regular season between New England and Green Bay. It was a, it was a phenomenal game up in Lambeau Field, and you know that that's. That's uh, I I think no matter what, 
matchup we get, it's, it's going to be a great Super Bowl. And I know we say that every year, but I, I genuinely feel like once again, um, yeah, and and I know I know this is hard for me to say, but the four, the, it's the four best teams that are left right now. I mean, Indianapolis right now is, is a better team than Denver is. So we have the four best teams left over. And, and so no matter what matchup we get, it's going to be a good Super Bowl. Yeah, we'll break down these games more Sunday on that being said with, with Sonny and Cuerpo here, and we'll have our show Sunday night as well. So a lot of football to, to talk about over the week. I'm sure we'll hit it Saturday and Sunday actually. Cuervo, anything you want to throw in before we go tonight? Uh, no, Tar. You know, I appreciate you letting me call in. Um, you know, it was, it, was, it was a good time, a good way to kind of relax from the long day at work today. So, um, yeah, just join us. Join us uh, Saturday after sports talk with the guys at um, eleven Eastern for for the break it down show. We'll we'll kind of, you know kind of hint around what we're looking at in, in the two championship games. We'll talk about the national title game, I'm sure, uh, what the sunny see with the Ohio State and Oregon game. And then Sunday, um, I don't know what time yet, though, on Sunday, even because the games do start a little bit later. So, um, you know, just kind of listen in for what time we're going to be starting. But uh, that being said, Sunday morning, where we're going to break down the two championship games like nobody's business. So, um, you know, yeah, give us you know, Cuervo, I'm excited. I'm excited for recruiting for college, but I'm also getting excited for that NFL draft coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 uh there's some there's some good players coming out. There's a lot of good talent that's going to get drafted this year, and and you know, obviously today with the news, I don't know if you mentioned it at the top of your show, but Mar- Marcus Mariota, um, you know, he's announced that he's going to go pro and. You know, I'm sure the Duck fans are sad to see him go, but hey, I mean, he gave he gave you some of the best years in, in the history of that program. Well, I'm sorry, and I've said it. You know, I've never been a big Mariota believer, follower, and and looking at the NFL after that game. You know, we we talked about this Monday night. I think Monday night's game was kind of a, a chance to to let the world see about Mariota how he would fare, maybe in the NFL, and, and Cuervo, he got dominated. He did, and, you know, and, and that, I think you and I were both afraid of that. And, uh, you know, I just, even before the game, Tarvin, and I, and, and um, you probably, I'm sure you probably remember me saying it, um, I just don't know how good he is with, with reading defenses and, and, and can he make the throws that you have to make in the NFL. I, I just don't know. I don't really see it from him I mean he's got great speed and he's got the legs and and I don't think there's any doubt about that and and I think I undersized him a little bit because I said he was too small but I was wrong about that but um you know as far as far as the arm and 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 you know progression and the the reading of the defenses I don't see it with him Tarvin and you look at the type of offense the style offense that they run that's why you don't have any successful Oregon quarterbacks so you know, as far as Marcus Mer, I'm selling. I, I'm not. I'm not buying into him either. I mean, nothing against the kid, but uh, I'm not buying it. Well, he almost completed seventy percent of his passes for the season. Forty-two touchdowns, four picks, forty-five hundred yards. I mean, but when he gets to the big stage against uh, a team with NFL prospects on there and talent, he just 
I just don't think he's going to be able to do it. And I don't know. I, th- I think he's a better bet than Winston. I- I'm just not looking at Winston as, as the next big thing either. If I'm a, if I'm Tampa, I'm going hell. I'm going offensive line first pick. I'm or trade that pick for some team stupid enough to go up and draft one of these quarterbacks with that high of a pick. That's mm-hmm. what I would do. There's a lot better players in that in that draft other than Jameis Winston and Mariota. I'm sorry. Yeah, there is, and, and, and you know, Tampa's got a lot of things that they need improvement on. I mean, that's why they went two and fourteen, but. Um, I think, you know, up front is where you have to establish it first. And, and you know, according to the, uh, you know, the grades on, like, ESPN, I know that's not the end-all, be-all, but the best-rated offensive lineman is uh, Brandon Scherf out of Iowa. And he's he's rated the number seven player in the draft. So, I mean, if you're willing to reach that low, Tarvin, I guess, for an offensive lineman, then... I guess you you do it, but I think if you trade down to number five with uh, Washington, you could probably you know get the same guy at number five and uh, as opposed to number one. Yep, and then get a second round pick as well, maybe. You know, you know Washington's I mean, yeah. dumb; they'll do anything. So <laughs> they'll take that number one <laughs> pick. They'll give you they'll give you the next five number one picks that they get. So. I mean, well, sorry, I've seen some dumb drafts. I've seen some dumb drafts in my life. But, but when I saw, uh, what's the kid's name, I'm sorry, out of Florida State get drafted by Buffalo in the first round? Was it the first round? It was, wasn't it? Uh, we talk, you talking about the, the second the round? Kid? No, the Buffalo Bills when they, oh, when they signed that quarterback. EJ yeah, yeah, yeah. Manuel. I saw. And I saw Washington give up their entire future for RG3. Look at what that got them. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, unless you know, unless the guy's physically gifted, don't do not do it. Don't do it. I mean, RG3 sucks, and you, you threw away everything for him. Now you, you can't rebound. Washington's going to suck forever, at least till my grandkids come on earth. And then, and then you yeah. may see them, them win a couple of games, but – I mean, these mm-hmm. these kids are de- are these these guys are desperate and they're looking for that. Look at Manziel. I mean, somebody somebody was stupid enough to get him in the first round. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's just a, a who, who's the quarterback in the draft you see this year that could could be a steal real quick before we go. I haven't made up my uh, mind yet. You know, I really haven't either. Tar- I mean, there, nobody nobody impresses me. You know, I would have liked to have said. Uh, maybe a Clint Trinket, but out of West Virginia. But he's not. He's he. You know, he's not going to play football at the next level. He's not. He's done playing. So I would have liked to see what he could have possibly become. But you know, we're never going to know now. Well, well, the, well the, I guess the last class that, that produced a great quarterback was was Andrew Luck. I mean, you know, that's the way I see it. And I think Bridgewater is going to be okay. I think the kid out, out of Jacksonville Bortles is going to be okay, but. Mm-hmm. Why are the quarterbacks not as good as they used to be? I mean, why do, why are they so hit and miss right now? Because, you know, in college they put up great numbers, but they can't do it in the NFL. It's just one out of a billion, it seems like. Well, because, I mean, you look at look at the offenses that are being run in college, Tarvin. I mean, you know, that that's why I think, I think Winston has the best opportunity to be successful. You know, I mean, you can, you can say what you want about him, from a from a you know 
a personal standpoint as far as his personal life. And when he's on the field, the kid, I mean, with the exception of the Rose Bowl, he, he wins. He wins. So that's why I think, you know, a lot of people are underestimating Winston because they may have a little bit of personal opinion towards him and, 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 and whatnot. But you put, you put this guy in pads and, 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 and a helmet. So, you know, that that's, that's all I'm, well, that's Cuervo, all I'm about, you know. So, Cuervo, Paul, Paul's talking about Cardell Jones, the third stringer for Ohio State. Oh, smart. Boy. Maybe you would, maybe maybe you would hear the first pick in the NFL draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers draft, Cardell Jones from Ohio State. What about that? <laughs> you 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 guys can have you can have the Cardell Jones type. I'm not I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it. You, you know, don't, honestly, you don't like him. Not really. No, I mean. And and it's not that it's not that you know because he's only played three games, but it's because he's only played three games. That's why. I mean, <laughs> for all we know, this I mean, he he could wind up being the next Jamarcus Russell, and I hate to say that. You know, there, I mean, there's so many guys that we think is is you know going to be there at the next, unless it's a no brainer like Andrew Luck was. That's the last no-brainer we've had since, uh, you know, and before that was Cam Newton. Cam Newton and Andrew Luck are the only two no-brainers that, you know, are are in the NFL succeeding now. And, you know, I think people are just kind of like enamored with the way Cardell Jones played these three games. And I'm telling you, it's because of it's because of Urban Meyer. If 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 this kid was on any other team. Or if any other coach was at Ohio State, you wouldn't even know who he was. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, all the hype about Cardell Jones. No, screw that, man. I'll pay. Or I would pay Urban Meyer ten million bucks to leave Ohio State and coach my football team if I'm the if I'm in the NFL. Now he's not going to do it, but before I before I get fall in love with Cardell Jones. I'm doing everything I can to get Urban Meyer to play for my or coach my franchise. My team. Well, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not. I'm one of those guys that say you have to prove it to me over time. But I'm I'm with Paul in a way. I mean, I, I want to see more from this kid. I want to see him do it when there's film out there on him really enough. I mean, when Saban played him, there was really nothing. They didn't know he could run. When Wisconsin played him, they didn't know who this kid was. They had to go back to high school to to see what was going on. And now, you know, Oregon's Oregon. So I want to see him go through the Big Ten. But here's the question. He comes back next year. How do you set him on the bench and not let him start? So if you're Cardell Jones, do you just go to the NFL now and and maybe sit behind somebody and and develop? I could see that happening. I mean, and and just like Paul said, there's no promises. He'll get the playing time. So – this is as high as his stock's going to get. He could go next year, Cuervo, and make the championship game, and his stock's going to be the same. Why go back to college and and when he can go to the NFL, make a team and just get paid right now? He's crazy if he doesn't leave. Well, is he, so I'm guessing he's eligible from all this talk about him going pro. Yeah. He was he's a, a red sophomore, sophomore, junior? Yeah, a red shirt sophomore. sophomore. Okay, I mean, that's a tough one. I mean, what is has Braxton Miller made up his mind yet? Yeah, he's coming back. 
It's Ohio State. You know? Then you know what? I say I say he should declare then. Because I you know, I, I thought he was waiting for Braxton Miller to make his decision, but since that has already well, happened well, well Paul said he's coming back but he hasn't decided where he's going. I saw something in the news in the media where Braxton Miller told Urban Meyer that, that he would be back in Ohio State next year. So Yeah, I thought case, that I read that too. Yeah. If that's it's the case that Braxton Miller comes back, I mean, there's no way. There's no way I'm benching Cardell Jones unless he loses it and, and he comes out next year and plays bad and, and you have I mean it's a good problem to have. Sometimes it's a bad problem to have is having too many quarterbacks like this. But you have three quarterbacks that could start for most teams and Cardell Jones is not going to be happy uh, being on the bench next year when he could be in the NFL. So if you're going to set the bench, you might as well have a few million dollars in your pocket. Yeah, and, and you know, the good thing is, um, you know, Cardell Jones is, is obviously he's not going to be the number one pick or anything like that. But that's a good thing because even though he may not be making $8 million bucks a year or whatever the number one pick is going to make – the advantage that he would have is even if he is a third-round pick or, or maybe even fourth round, what if he gets drafted by, like, the Green Bay Packers and he learns behind Aaron Rodgers and then he takes over yeah. once once Rodgers is gone, which isn't going to be for a little while, but or, – or, or somebody – I mean, hell, what if Denver was to take him? I mean, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm putting him in the first round. I, if I'm putting this kid in the draft, I'm I'm later in the first round. But like you said, he goes to a good team. But like like what if he goes to I mean, you know, he's not gonna go to Indianapolis or anywhere like that, but what if he went to Atlanta? Well what if he got somewhere like that and, and he got a chance to sit sit around a few games and, and learn and develop? What if Matt Ryan's not cutting it and you put this kid in? I mean, he is a phenomenal uh Stud quarterback, and I, I don't well, know I if he could do it in the NFL, but but I mean he has yeah. everything. I mean if you come in the last three games at that level and you you haven't played and you perform like that, imagine what he's going to do with some grooming. I mean, I mean my God, I mean those are the three big stages, three biggest stages any quarterback's ever played on like that with no experience, and he won them all convincingly. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a team for you, Tarvin. I mean. You know, depending on on how healthy Andre Johnson is next year, I think a team maybe like Houston would be good for him. Um, I mean, he would he would start right away, and you know, it's a team that's got talent. You know, on on both sides of the ball, and can go in there right away and and be an an impact to, for that team. Well, how, how about Pittsburgh? Like Paul said in the chat room, take him at twenty two, and he's groomed behind Big Ben. I mean, that's a perfect fit for that style of offensive team. I mean, the cold weather, the tough blue-collar division, you got a quarterback that big, that's punishment. Oh, hell, keep him in Ohio and make him a Cleveland Brown. I mean, nothing else is working <laughs> for them. <laughs> you don't want to – Oh, man, you don't, you don't want to ruin his career now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true though. I mean, if it ain't working with with Johnny Manziel and yeah, I mean, how, I mean, God, that Cowboys Cardinals, like Paul says, Paul, Paul says Cardinals at twenty four, Cowboys at twenty seven. Those are two great teams for him to go to. Hey, let him go play behind Tom Brady. Heck, New England, why not? 
But no, I mean, in all honesty, though, I just as long as it's a team that is successful and 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 uh, you know uh, they're not a mess, you know that that's you know that that's what's going to be important. As long as it goes to a team that's got structure. I can't wait to see Sonny Clark's opinions on this. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Sonny right now, just blasting me right now for saying this. <laughs> oh, he's going to call him the next Jamarcus Russell, too. I guarantee it. I guarantee hey, it. Hey, once you put him in Baltimore and tell Flacco to hit the road, that's what you do. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, oh, man, and then he'll tell you now he's going to wind up in Carolina and he's going to take Cam Newton's job. That's what he's going to tell you. Well, that's fine, man. As long as he's hey, I, I can't hate the kid. I have a lot of respect for him. I'm gonna be a fan of his. Usually, I'm not a a fan of the flash in the pan, but I just don't think this guy is that. I just think there's something about him, and and the fact that maybe Urban Meyer didn't notice this, it kind of makes me can wonder about Urban Meyer. But this kid just probably worked his butt off, studied film, worked out hard, and when it was his time to shine. And that's a lesson for anybody out there that's playing sports. You're a kid out there. You're second string. You're third string. You never know when you're when you're going to be called up to do something. So be ready. And this kid was ready. I've seen second string quarterbacks, Cuervo, couldn't even make a first down for God's sakes when they come in. This kid is throwing all over the place, playing with a swagger of a fifth year senior that's, that's started about every year besides one. So I don't know. I just. I want to see what Sonny Clark says. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and you know what, and, and and that's a good point, Tarvin. You know, sometimes, you know, you work hard, and and that opportunity will come up when you don't expect it. Now, for Cardell Jones, the key is going to be to continue to work hard, to to continue to improve. You know, to the point where he, even though he won a national championship, he shouldn't settle for that. He shouldn't be satisfied with that. He should want to go out there. And, and, and do it again. Do it in a full season. And then maybe well, people will really start to believe in this kid. So for for him, it's it's his his job is not done yet. You know, it's just beginning, if anything. So as long as he understands that and he doesn't, you know, half-ass it going into next year if he does win that starting job, because if he does that, then he's just going to be a, he's just going to be another guy. He's just going to be another quarterback in the draft. He's just going to be another another statistic or, or however you want to say it. But if he wants to be somebody that really stands out and and wants to, you know, separate himself from the competition, kind of like a Cam Newton where, where he worked hard enough to, to win a national championship at Auburn when they, when they were, uh, you know, just getting back to where they – once we're on this, in, uh, you know, successful level, then he's going to learn from that, and he's, and he's going to continue to stay humble and, and work even harder, and, and and understand that you know what I could do so much more than what I accomplished in those three games. So that's the well, key. Who's, who's, who's the better quarterback? Who's the better quarterback, Cardell Jones or Blake Sims from Alabama? Who's going to have the better NFL career? Um. <laughs> Well, well, you're putting me on the spot here. Uh, I would have to, I would have to say Jones right now because of the confidence. 
I think I think Sims has like little little to no confidence in his abilities. And Jones Sam, obviously Sims is too small. And he's small. So, you know, confidence in size <laughs> that that didn't sound right. But, you know, I mean, as a quarterback you gotta <laughs> have those two things. You got you gotta you gotta have the arm, you gotta have the strength and you gotta have the size, you gotta be confident in what you're doing. So that's uh that's what you know, that's why I think Jones would be the better guy right now. I'm I'm gonna be interviewing some of these Alabama players before long when they come into my company and I'll be the one hiring them and interviewing them. So you played at Alabama, get the hell out of my office. You know, so (laughs) that's where, that's where I hired a Georgia guy one time. That was tough. A Georgia fan? Georgie? Yeah. Georgia player. No, a Georgia player. He and he did what now? And, and he played in the NFL. He was an NFL player for. He played for Georgia for four years, and that, he actually worked for me for a little while. But it's hard when you you know see that Georgia, you know that Georgia on the resume, and it's not Auburn. You know, it's just, it hurts. So yeah, well, anyway, I mean, you do live well, in Georgia. We got so. Yeah. Well, I got a role. Uh, we're going to be on Sunday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Well, I'm going to try to make it a little later due to the holiday and the playoff. I don't want to be doing a show during the middle of, of Tom Brady putting together a masterpiece. So so we'll probably do the show, Cuervo, after the playoff game. Is immediately when the playoffs are over, we'll be there to break down both games and to talk about them. How does that sound? That sounds good, Tarvin. Um, I will do my best to be there. Uh Sunday is actually a work day for me, but I will I will make make every effort I can to sneak away and uh, call in. All right, buddy. Well, take care, Paul. Thanks for being in the chat room. Jason Humphrey for calling in. Cuervo, as always, thanks for joining us. JC will probably just have no to worries. be on Sunday night if he can. He couldn't make it tonight. Something came up, and when you're in recruiting like that, your schedule can, can uh, close up real quick. But We'll see you Sunday night, guys. Thanks for everything. Have a good one. You too.